How's it going everybody? Welcome back to another instalment of the Good Bit Podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in again this week. We are always very grateful for your time. And this week, ladies and gents, what a film we are going to be tackling this week. Some say it is a hidden classic. Some say it's a hidden gem. Some people just say it's hidden. But ladies and gents, this week's film is of course Raise Your Voice. And uh, it is chosen by my guest this week. Ladies and gents, welcome to the show. Finally, it is Ingram Noble. Ingram, you know, for the first time in, I don't know, the, the longest time, I'm speaking to someone on the podcast who not only is a fellow co- sort of content creator, fellow actor, but if you a fellow... Call that. <laughs> no, at this stage in our careers. Um, fellow I didn't podcast mean that, host. I just meant the shit that I produce. <laughs> well, listen, we're going to get into that. We've got lots of things to chat about today. Um yeah, you know, podcast host in your own right. Um, and now it's like I was—we were talking about doing this and stuff. We were planning on like, you know, this is what we do. This is the rules, all that sort of stuff. But I was like, you know, the gig. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It um, is. How is it? How have... is it being the guest and not the host? You know. Oh, it's scary. It it really is. Not that I, not that I'm out here to offend or to do anything like crazy. I was talking to my mum earlier, and I was like, I, I've, this is the one that I don't have control over. Yeah. This is the one that if I in three weeks, like if I mention something <laughs> and something happens in three weeks, I can't be like edit that out now. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's always fun and it's it's just nice. Like I can talk for England. Like I was in. Right. Um, are, are you public with your relationship? Are we allowed to talk about that? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so I was in. I, I I don't know. Like people like sometimes I'll say. No, something I get it. Yeah. And they'll be like, please don't mention that. And I'm like, cool. Yeah. Um, I was in um drama school with um your girlfriend Iona. Yeah. She knows how much I can fucking talk. Um, you've probably been given <laughs> forewarning about this, so it, it's always fun to just have a conversation with someone. Yeah, um, I, I told Iona that you were coming on the show today, or I, I was going to be recording one of your episodes as well, and Iona says, I wonder how long it will take for him to mention that he's kissed me. <laughs> I was going to wait for you to bring it up, not going to lie. <laughs> well, we should mention that was, I was a stage kiss yes, everybody. I was, I was just going to say, like, I wasn't, like... And actually, while we're on the... We did we done the least amount of kissing. Like, we didn't kiss in rehearsals up until it was absolutely necessary. Yeah, and even I, I know and the we, feeling. Know the we feeling. sat and had a conversation. It's not. It wasn't anything awkward. It was more just like, don't know. It never felt necessary. Do you know what I mean? And I think yeah. you look at it differently when. So, for example, I was single. Iona was in a relationship, and you sort of do. Although you are an actor, and you understand that, that we're not kissing for fun. We're kissing because it was essentially our job. There's still that sort of. I don't know how to put it, like mindfulness of that this person has a partner and that this person is romantically involved with someone else. So there's there was no need for us to be like winching straight yeah. off the bat. Yeah. So I mean when it's when it's rehearsals as well, it's like that kind of giddiness that you have, right? Where mm. it's like, oh my God, we need to do this scene today. And that became like a big thing. And I always remember like doing it in school and things like that and being like, that was such a big deal, you know? Oh, like, I never had still, to kiss you know, anyone in secondary school. Oh, I did. My first one was like in fourth year at school. I was like fifteen or something. Like when when you're fifteen, that's like a huge thing. No, I played all the the reject roles in school. <laughs> I'm trying to think. No, I, I never had. To, I don't think. Well, I played Macbeth, but I don't know if we had to kiss. So to kill a few people. Yeah, and yeah. even then, that wasn't very good. I wasn't a committed actor. Back no, then. <laughs> <laughs> that happens when you grow up, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so again, we'll get into the, the film that you've chosen today, but there's so much to talk about because, I get, as I was going to say about being the fellow podcast host, you've just passed your 100th episode of yes. Drama School Dropout. How has that been for you? And tell us a little bit how you got started in the podcast. It's been such a wild ride. And like, I, I recently did a project I think we're going to talk about, and I had to write a piece about creating the show. And... I, I've never thought about it in one because I'm the type of person that gets overwhelmed very, very, very easily. Um, and I've never sat back and actually like looked at drama school dropout as like a, a collective. I always think about it episode to episode, week to week. And I, I was sort of sitting back and thinking about it. And I, I started the podcast. I was quite late to the podcast game. I think everyone had already jumped on. And so it was December, it was October 2020 when I had the idea. And originally it was going to be called Keeping the Lights On. And I was going to talk to actors about all the weird jobs that they'd done to keep the lights on. And then I discovered that Jamie McKinley, fellow Scottish podcaster, had a podcast called Just Get a Real Job. And I was about six episodes too late. 
Right. So I, I can't actually remember when I decided that my unique selling point was going to be the fact that I'd had a really shit time at drama school and I'd dropped <laughs> out. Um, yeah. But it's it's very fitting that I tried to make it all about me, especially I've got another podcast coming up that I don't ask any questions revolving around me, but I've called it the Ingram Noble Show. That's coming soon, little plug. Um, but yeah, like, and it was never, because somebody asked me, was it like a Grease reference? Because obviously mm. Beauty School Dropout, and I was like, genuinely, I wish it was. But yeah. that didn't hit me until about, it was season two when we started. So 10 episodes in, I was sat with Heather Spiden, who will get mentioned more in this episode. Um, my like re- writing partner, my creative like director, not director, creative partner. Um, yeah. We were sat doing some stuff for the play that we had written. And I I used to have on my old Mac uh, a sticker um, with the drama school dropout logo and she started singing it in the theme to beauty school dropout yeah. and i was like how the fuck have i never thought of that before <laughs> i was like we're doing that and then like literally two days later i was in heather's flat in bridgeton and um our good friend anna davidson recorded the theme tune and here we are but yeah it's been it's been so wild and i, I look back at some of the guests that i've managed to get some that were merely pure like coincidences and luck yeah and and I've had some of them ones that don't know they're turning up. They think they're doing a five minute junket, and I'm like, <laughs> here, like we're here for an hour. Like let's <laughs> let's have a chat. And like I look back, I've I've been so lucky. I've got to interview or hold conversation. I like to say because I, I'm not interviewing anyone in any way, shape, right. or form. Um, with some right. of like my personal heroes and icons, and like people keep saying to me like, how are you gonna like? I remember when Susan Nixon that episode came out, like Susan is one of my heroes she wrote mm. two pints and i remember like a few people saying to me like how are you gonna how are you gonna top that right and then like four episodes later blaine weaver who was the voice of peter pan i know we're doing it on video this time so i can show it off like i've literally got a little statuette of peter pan like <laughs> that sits on my desk and it, it's been crazy and i think if you would have told not even like 15 year old ingram if you'd have told ingram like right at the beginning of this process, what this was going to turn into, right? And that I'd stick at something for a hundred episodes. Yeah. I'd have laughed in your face and told you to fuck off. Yeah, and I mean, as you know, it, that's the hard part. You know, like it's easy to kind of get going and stuff and be really excited for a small period of time, but it's yeah. keeping it going. Consistency is the key, and that's always been the thing. You and know, it's... like when people see that it's a weekly thing, people are going to be on board. Mm. And it's never consistent. It, it there's trust me, there was I. I was thinking about it and I, I would really, I'd fell out of love with it. It had turned into a job by about episode 45 and I I'd planned it out. I was going to finish it episode 50. I was going to tie mm. it up in a ni- nice little bow. Really? And then I had such a good time recording with my guests for my 50th. I was like, no, this is, this is what I want to do. And it's why I'm kind of very selective about who I have on. So I, I don't ever want anyone that's just purely to promote. Like I, I asked somebody to come on and they said no. And turns out they're friends with my cousin. And my cousin was like, do you want me to put a word in? And they will do it. And I said, no, because then they don't want to do it because they want to do it. They, right. They're doing it out of like a favor. And like, I just want to have fun now. And that's, that's all it is. And it becomes, there's always that 10 minute mark in, I don't know if you experienced this, where you watch the break, watch the guest break from interviewee to friend. Right. And they feel like they're at comfort. And I love getting to that point. And I've rarely used any of the shit we talk about before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what happens with me when it's like a bigger name guest and I'm nervous myself, you know, I've been doing this for so many years where it's the point where I, I don't get nervous when you go to the call, but sometimes you have a guest and you're like, I'm going to be yeah. sitting, chatting to this person, you know, um, you get into kind of podcast and performer mode, mm. but still, you know, you're on Zoom with them or whatever, you know, um, so I always try to have a wee conversation before we start recording. Um, yeah. The example I always use is, is Jonathan Watson from Only an Excuse. It's someone that I've literally watched my entire life, yeah. you know what I mean? And we... We're both supporters of the same football team. And I knew that. So before we started recording, I was like, oh, what do you make of this this week? And we just ended up talking about football for like five minutes. Um, And then he reminded me, he's like, I've got this scheduled 11 till 12. I hope that's okay. And then the pressure's on because you're looking at the clock the whole time, you know? That's something that happens with me a lot. And I have a tendency, sorry, my bottle's falling over. That's right. I have a tip. So a lot of people ask like how long, do we need to schedule out? And I, I'd say like 
normally like an hour is a good time yeah. slot but if you've got half an hour i can make it work the only thing that i do like to make in my episodes every episode is stage right or stage shite because yeah. it's my my favorite thing in the world um normally i average about an hour and 15 yeah and then that's, it that's gets edited. Right, yeah but it gets edited down like very i, I counted up the other day actually because i wanted to know how many hours i'd produced and i think there was only maybe six or seven hours uh, six or ah. seven episodes, not hours. I've done a lot more than that. Um, <laughs> six or seven episodes that had like sort of reached over the the hour mark, but like that that is quite because then somebody tells a really good story, and you're sort of like, I've only got forty five minutes left with you. Can we wrap it up? But you don't mm-hmm. want to be rude, and I yeah. think that's sort of the art of it. I don't get nervous anymore, apart from when's this coming out? Monday. Okay. Right. Okay. I can't talk about. I had a guest on recently. You can, and I'll and I'll just cut it if you want. You can tell me. Well, it's just my guest name that I want to keep secret because it's for my two-year anniversary. Okay. <laughs> um, that was one that I got nervous for. I don't get nervous anymore. Like, I've, I just, somebody said to me, it was Michael Harney from Orange is the New Black, said to me, don't worry about it because everyone starts the day with their pants around their ankles. And that really, <laughs> that stuck with me. But Glee, like, I grew up on Glee, like, and I, I got really fucking nervous doing that one. And then all yeah. of a sudden she was the one that was doing the conversation. And I saw myself break from host to friend. And, and it that was just weird. makes it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just I had, rambled. Um, I'm really sorry. That's all right. <laughs> Did you ever watch Keenan and Kale when you were younger? The Nickelodeon show? No, I had uh, Povo TV. Oh, right, okay. We we didn't have um, Sky or anything. I was like that. I was very lucky. I was very lucky. <laughs> but I had, uh, I had Nickelodeon. It was Keenan and Kale, which is my favorite kids show of all time. And actually, the person who sings the theme song is Coolio, who just died today that we were wow. recording, which is crazy. I was actually talking about this earlier on at work, and then I was like, my God, Coolio just died. Um, but it's uh, Teal Marchand who plays the, the mum in Keenan and Kel. And, mm. you know, people are saying, how did you get the mum from Keenan and Kel on the podcast? And it's just one of those things you forget that they are just humans. <laughs> They're just yeah. people. They, you know, she followed me on Twitter. I sent her a DM. And it became like this nice conversation we were having. And then like she she forgot that we were recording videos. So she was like, let me let me dress my backdrop. So she was like trying to fix the pictures on the wall and stuff. <laughs> and I was like, what are you doing? Like, just sit down. It doesn't matter what the backdrop looks like. You kind of forget that these are the things that everybody thinks mm. about, you know? So it, it is mad. And it's that thing of how do people get them? I think I've only, other than the people I know, which are some of my best episodes, actually, um, I've only ever gotten one guest from Instagram. And it was a, a four o'clock in the morning DM. And I was like, I couldn't find their agent's email. Oh, no, I could, but they weren't replying to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, Been there. So I just, oh, I, I can tell you who to avoid. I can tell you who just doesn't reply. Um, <laughs> and I emailed him and I DM'd him on Instagram. It was Ethan Lawrence from Bad Education, who I've now sort of become friends with, which is it's weird, isn't it? When like you're sort of weird. now referring to these people that you grew up with as friends. Like I literally the other night, got an invite on whatsapp to go to somebody's birthday party in manchester <laughs> and i was like how the fuck has this happened <laughs> um but yeah like instagram i thought was going to play a much more right part in the and it hasn't it has i, I mean i'm not going to give away all my secrets but the the website that i do use for my contacts has played the biggest part wow yeah, it's funny. It's funny how it works. I was going to say you mentioned a couple of the big ones there, but who are the, who are a couple of the ones that you're just like I can't believe I'm sitting chatting to them on a Zoom. Susan Nixon. Um, I I grew up as a child of BBC Three, like because mm-hmm. I had Pavotelli, and like I watched Two Pints well before I should have been allowed to watch. Yeah, Two me Pints. too. Me too. It, it it shaped my life. It's one of the like I always say. It's really weird. Iona will hate me for saying this. Iona, fast forward. Shameless and two pints changed my life, and it's all I ever talk about in drama school classes, anything like that. It's a reason I'm an actor. It's a reason I write. I just I love to tell real people's real stories, and it's yeah, like so. Anyone from Shameless, I think, like I just had Aaron McCusker for my um hundredth. He was great. Love him. Like still get random voice notes off him for t- uh, off of him today. Like it is. It's it's crazy. Like so, Susan Nixon. Anyone from Shameless. Blaine Weaver was a massive one. Voice Pete yeah. Pan. Um, this is where I n- now forget people. Um, who's who's done the podcast that I'm allowed the one, to talk The about? one that I was always the most kind of like, whoa, that's so cool, was uh, Bart Johnson from High School Musical. Yes. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was a great one. Dynamanoff from Greece. Bart Johnson was so lovely. And by the way, with that episode, I think, was an hour and 15 before it got edited. He stood up for the whole time. 
Oh, really? He was, he had like a studio backdrop and shit, but he was stood up and like, he was cool as fuck. Dana Manoff from Greece. Like, it's mad that I've got a pink lady's phone number. Love yeah. that. Um, there was another one there that I was going to mention. Thomas Turgus is my one greatest, um, not regret, but sadness with the podcast. What do you mean? I wish it would have happened when I knew what the fuck I was doing. Really? That's interesting. Yeah, because he was he was like episode 24, 25, something like that. And it was one of those ones that I caught him purely. He was doing press for something. Like, had he not been doing press, I wouldn't have got him. Yeah. And now that I look back on it, I didn't realize what like just a cultural icon he is. Right. I just I'm just like, this is England, you know what I mean? And I I was really at the beginning. I don't think I knew what the fuck I was doing until about episode 70. Oh like, yeah, like it takes a long time, at least yeah. years anyway. Yeah. So that one, I wish, like, maybe we can do it again one day. Who knows? Maybe you might be sick of yeah. hearing me chat shit, but I wish that Thomas Tergus had to come later along in the process. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, another reason why we kind of got chatting about doing this today is because you've just recently published or put out a yes. magazine. My God, uh, uh, mad! Yeah, Dropout Magazine available now. <laughs> yeah, Dropout Magazine. Um, and we obviously there's some thank yous in order because uh, for the second time you, you weren't the first for the second time the good bit has been featured in a magazine I've got it here um, for everyone watching at home here you go oh yes um, that, that's my face <laughs> I keep forgetting that we're on video <laughs> um, we have Ingram's top podcast picks and yes. the good bit is a. Uh, on there at number eight. Number eight is a robbery. I must I say. mean, it wasn't, it, it was never ever meant to be. I mean, look, fucking drama school dropout and reality TV <laughs> one and two. Like, it was never, it was and never then, meant and then, to uh, be. Chris Ramsey's podcast, number three. <laughs> that's my, that's how I got into podcasts, Shag Marginoid. But it was never meant yeah. to be numbers. It was never meant to be a chart. It was supposed to be recommendations. Yeah. yeah. It just changed. And, there's, there's some podcasts on there that I love. Shagged Marginoid was the one that got me into podcasts. So you can blame Chris and Rosie Ramsey for all of this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like magazine, random day, got a phone call um, from XYZ. I, I don't want to say too much. Um, we really love your podcast. Would you like to do a magazine? And I was like, yeah. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah, sure. Um, I had full creative control. I shot the cover down in um, Chichester with a student photographer, Tilly Smith. Um, I literally hounded my friends and some podcast guests for months to write something for me. And a couple of mistakes in there, but I I'm very happy with um, with how it turned out. And it's just sort of this thing now that exists in the yeah. in the universe. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, it's definitely a passion project because, I mean, there's some serious hours put in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, how, how was it knowing that you were writing something that people were going to like, not, I know they were going to read it, but look at it as an actual like article. You know oh, what I mean? It seemed I a bit had more a breakdown about three weeks in. I'd already done it and I had to break down and deleted everything and started again. Really? Like I did, I was still designing it three hours up to my deadline. Oh, okay. That's, yeah. Were, were I, you were you because you'd left things to the last minute, or were you no, overthinking? I was and like, I, I wouldn't even call it overthinking. I like things to look the best that they possibly can. Mm -hmm. So I do all my own graphic design, posters for plays, podcast art, magazine. I did. Nobody helped with that magazine. Not yeah. it wasn't. Not that it wasn't offered. I. I'm a control freak. It's uh, the nicest way to put it. Yeah. Like book covers, anything like that. And I'm just one of these people that love to. Um... Oh, Karen Gillan's not available to do my podcast. <laughs> just got the email right on um, cue. Yeah, um, it's. <laughs> I, I just saw it there, and it was like I, I half read it, and it looked like she was doing it, but no. Um, I'm I'm just a control freak, and it it's sort of something that. Because of that, because everybody knows that I'm basically my own in-house at everything, everybody knows that it's me doing it. And I'm sort of just like, well, it's got to right. be fucking perfect. Yeah, and then there's you. still fucking mistakes in it. <laughs> there's always going to be. That happened one time where I was like, I had someone oh. in control of the social media for the good bit. And then I was just didn't like the way the tweets looked. And that sounds so yeah. silly. Because no, there's going to be a small amount of people who are going to see the tweet. But just mm. because I'm seeing the tweet, I'm like, i got to fix it, you know? Do you edit your own podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I enjoy editing, though. Do you know what I mean? It's oh, always I hate something I've it. done on the side. Um, this is not an edition. I'm not editing your podcast. No, no. I I, <laughs> I hired an editor for two episodes and hated it and couldn't yeah. do it and was yeah. like, sorry, you're out of a job. Um, 
it, like I'm 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 a control freak, like in the nicest possible way. I am, but like, yeah, like creating the Dropout magazine was possibly the hardest thing I've ever done because I really? was going even when I started the podcast, I, I it's talking. Like that's yeah. that's the the be all and end all. Well, the hard the part comes from the editing and stuff, right? Yeah. And the promoting and stuff. That's the hard yeah. part. And I taught myself how to do all of that on YouTube tutorials. Like I will yeah. I will always say anyone can have a podcast. Like yeah. <laughs> I'm proof. Anyone can have one. <laughs> um like I bought a seventeen pound mic off of Amazon, taught myself to use GarageBand, and here we are. But like the, the plays I'd been watching, like when we did This Is Where We Get Off, I'd watched people direct for years. I had Heather, who don't get me wrong, we'd never wrote anything before um, together, but she was like my sounding board of like, oh, I've got this idea, and she'd be like, shut the fuck up, right? Like too far, too. And I would do the same for her, and that. But I was, I've never done a fucking magazine, yeah. Like I've never like created, and it wasn't just like. We're just going to talk about the magazine. There's actual articles in there and right. collating that. And I was like, I don't know what. There was several points where I was like, I've got myself in too far. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I loved uh, Marnie's uh, excerpt. That was a beautiful piece. Marnie um, and I, I, I'll, yeah, is that's a, good one. a fucking queen. I love yeah, Marnie. I do love Marnie. And the other thing I was going to mention before we move on is about the play. So yes. not only did it go down so well on the, the one night it was on, but my God, now we're, now we're touring. Yeah, yeah we're well, we're, we're not touring yet. Um, everything comes down to money, unfortunately. That's always the killer, right? It's like, oh my God, yeah. you, you've got so many ideas and then it's like, can you do that? And especially now, so we we did Webster's in April, which went down, sold out, five-star reviews, fucking great. Um, I'm not, I mean, like, great, the outcome, not the show was great. I'm not going to be that self-obsessed. <laughs> um, like, but then when it came back to doing it again, the theaters tripled in price because of inflation. So that then, like, our ticket sales have got, our ticket prices have gone up. So coming back, instead of a tenner ticket, we're now a fifteen quid ticket. Right. And it's it's hard to do to do that because it goes against our beliefs. Because this is where we get off. Is a play about a real family. They're not really real. They're fictional, but their circumstances could be real in any sh- way, shape, or form. And there are people who will extremely relate with the Moffat family, but. Yeah. <laughs> See when I, I I came to the show and it's in the program and I was like, hang on a second, and uh Yvonne is my mum's name. Well, my lecturer is called Yvonne Moffat. <laughs> really? My old lecturer from Kelvin is called Yvonne Moffat, and that's where she was never they, they never had a second name all the way through. She was always called Yvonne. And when we were trying to we were writing the pilot of the TV show and we decided that they needed a second name and we couldn't get our head away from Moffat. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't what, think that was strange. But <laughs> but what I was saying is, it feels weird to up our ticket prices because we want the people that we're representing in this show to for the show to be accessible to them. But we also still have to turn a profit. Yeah, it's a business at the end of the day, right? Yeah, you know. And I I, I realized that fucking like we lost. I, I I I say that like she died. She didn't die. Um, our leading lady Ruth Martin who was right on from the beginning, a fabulous actress. She got COVID and she was immunocompromised. And 19 days before the show, she um, wow. we had to make the decision to replace her. Because she was days. 19 days. Laura Begley jumped in. Ruth left the rehearsal room at one o'clock. Laura was there for two. And we started from the start. We yeah. handed her a two and a half hour long script and said, please learn it. And uh, here's the blocking, and we started, and it, that that was that was mad. And um, me and Heather literally were crying on my bed the day before the show, um, thinking yeah. should we cancel? Um, yeah, it was mad, but we're we're back, and we've got a cast this time. Although we've been fucking purged by people not being able to turn up again, so we're not even at the first bit yet. Um, yeah. but yeah, we're. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about this, but I'm going to talk about it. We're filming a documentary. Um, about about the show. Um, hope I'm allowed to talk about that. If not, sorry, Hev. We're doing a documentary. The following as long because I I didn't realize we think we may have been the first bar, um, play pint a pint, but we're we're going with the the tagline. 
one of the first stage plays stage plays to be put on in Scotland after the pandemic. So we're going to follow it through. And obviously, Heather and I were a couple of fucking half wits that didn't really know what we were doing and just right. had some money and put a show on. And like we had no, I'd never fucking had experience of phoning places and being like, "Hey, how much do your rooms cost for rehearsals? Right. Like, how do you gather some actors and figure out yeah. what you're doing?" And like, do you know what? I genuinely will say, and I should say this because we both know them. Ian and Amanda Grieve fucking helped me out massively during that time. And they'll never know. It was going through Showcase, watching them direct, and going through fucking Diary Project. Oh. Um, <laughs> like, watching them direct massively influenced me. And, like, they'll never know how much, how helpful they were. Yeah, it's funny. Those, like, people who really make a big difference in yourself yeah. personally, you know. Um, Ian, I mean, I don't know Amanda as well. I know her quite well, but I wasn't never taught by her as well. Yeah. Um, as much, I love sorry, but yeah, me too. But me, me and Ian became so close mm. to that, and he helped me so much too. You know, even just doing things like this, you know, like with yeah. the podcast and promoting yourself and things like that. Um, all right, we've we've talked. I knew this would happen. We've talked yes. so much about the podcast and stuff like that. Um, I do want to ask you a little bit about your history watching movies because I have, yes. you know, heard, you know, I listened to the, you know, the drama school drop out a bunch, and uh, not gonna lie, sometimes I've been like, what when you've said you haven't seen a film? Um, like I'm not a massive it's... movie person. And that's absolutely fine, you know. There's, I'm just one of those people that like I've tried to see yeah. everything, so I'm quite, I'm quite weird. Well, I'm way. a TV buff like that. Okay, fair like, enough. Fair my enough. medium, I like short form television programs. Yes, yeah, I get, um, that. I get um, it. Don't get me wrong; people do look like they want to slap me when I say things like I've never seen Shawshank Redemption. I've never seen like I've not, I've not seen loads of great films. Like I look through your back catalogue, and I'm like, can't listen to that. Like and Robert, <laughs> Robert McCarhill, who was in This Is Where We Get Off. I had to turn it off after 20 minutes because I've got no fucking clue what in Bruges is. Talked about in Bruges. Well, I'm, I know. It's, I was like, hard. oh, he mentioned this is where we get off. Great. <laughs> it's worth listening to. Yeah. Um, yeah, I tried to create it to the point where it's like you you don't need to have seen the film. You can listen to the first half yeah. of the episode and then you can turn off. But if you've seen the film, it's obviously a bonus. And if not, then hopefully then like it gives you a wee incentive to go watch it and stuff like that. But um it's also been a miracle, by the way, that we've I've been doing this for so long, and no one's picked the same film. A couple of people have suggested. Well, I looked, you know, what maybe you've done because uh, I think you've done Back to the Future, haven't you? Uh, I have in the past. Yeah. I don't know if I've done a whole episode dedicated. Oh, but to that it, but would have been my second choice. Okay, well, there you um, go. There's one of the uh, one of my favorite films of all time. Back oh, to I the love future. Back to the Future. Like genu- yeah. like genuinely, it's one of my one of my favorite films. But this one, I knew no one will ever pick it ever again. <laughs> Like it's you're never gonna have to go through this. It's random as fuck. But yeah, I'm I'm a TV buff. Like, and that's fair. Had this been about TV, like I could talk to you for 14 hours about Shameless or Two Pints. Yeah, Are you watching right. anything just now that you can recommend? Um, so I, I don't know. Do you ever like fall into like a Facebook hole and then you find like one of those dodgy like um links, not links, like pages that are sharing full scale TV shows. Yeah. So I found that and um I ended up watching this one. It's NCIS LA. It was like the season eight finale or something. And I wanted to know what happened next. So I'm watching that right now. Recently got into the crown. Um okay. but I'm having like I have real controversial opinions about the crown. Um anything else am I watching? Geordie Shaw reunion, obviously. Oh classic. Um, well, I'm from Newcastle, so right, like, right, okay. Yeah, so like, I feel like I'm obligated, but that's it. Like NCIS LA, um, The Crown, and then I I cycle through TV shows like for comfort watching Big Bang Theory, yeah. Shameless, Orange Is the New Black, Shameless US is shit. Just had to had to mention it. Um, but yeah, no, I I I have like a really eclectic taste in it's weird, in right? Yeah. Um. I just started watching the Jeffrey Dahmer uh, Netflix show. People keep telling me to watch it, and I'm just like, I'm I'm one of those people. Like it happened with Squid Game, so everyone was ranting and raving about it, and I was like, well, I'm not watching it. Like, I'm... no, I know that's that's what how it goes. Like, and Squid Game was fucking brilliant. I loved yeah, it. Like, Squid can't Game wait for season two, and I will eventually watch the Dahmer program, but it will be after everyone else has watched it, and um, it will no longer be relevant. Well, my thing is, I, I like to watch things that are relevant just because I like talking to people about yeah. it and stuff, but I get annoyed when it's like everything is built up so much because then I'm already expecting it to be great. You know, I yeah. love going into a film that I know nothing about. I've tried to avoid as many trailers as possible. You yeah, know, I went to see a film I, I did hear you say that blind, once. You know, yeah. um, I went to see Don't Worry, Darling um, a couple of nights ago. How is it? Styles. It's really, it's really, really good. Cause it's I... really good. I can't get on board with him, you know, as an act, as a, as an actor. Like, don't get me wrong, he may be very, very talented, 
Um, I've never seen anything that he's been in. Um, so I can only talk. What, like, Harry Styles? Yeah, I can't get on board with him because I don't know. I just have this such a massive issue with the fact that people like me and you train for so many years and can't get a fucking look in the door. Yet he is famous for one thing and then it happens. Don't get me wrong. He may be really good and he might deserve it, but I'm just mm-hmm. going to be prejudiced. Yeah. He's also a one handsome man too, you know, um, that helps. I mean, you know. we've all got our types. <laughs> That's true. That's true. No, I thought it was really good. I love Florence Pugh, though. I think she's great. Um, so I definitely recommend it. But again, I went in not seeing the trailer um, and thinking it was going to be like a Harry Styles kind of rom film. Yeah. And then it wasn't. It was very Truman Show-ish. So I definitely would oh, recommend... Oh, I fucking love the Truman Show. Another one of my favourite films, yeah. Yeah, definitely. yeah, we got forced... Well, I say forced. Um, we got forced to watch it in English for our GCSEs, and I loved oh, it. I was like, this brilliant. is great. This is yeah. great. Um, um, do you remember the first time you ever went to the cinema? That's always a funny question. Yeah, we, sp- we spoke about it already on this podcast. Peter Pan 2 Returns Neverland with nice. Lynn Weaver. This is the, the first memory I have of going to the cinema. I went with my mum and my dad. I don't think my sister was alive. Um, or if she was, she wasn't there. Uh, happier times. Um, <laughs> I, I love my sister, I promise Jeez. you. Um, I... I had a really weird thing with the with the cinema. So like I used to go all the time. Like I used to love the cinema. Like Orange Wednesdays, I'm one of those children. Oh yeah. Um, Absolutely. And last year, me and was it last year? I don't know. When did the Batman come out? Was that this year or yeah, last year? Yeah, last year. year. Oh so, no, that was this year. That was this oh, year. so th- this year. That's just how fucking long this year's been. <laughs> um I, I was just having a really shit time mentally. And I came out of uni one day and I just phoned my dad um, my dad, my brother not my brother either what the fuck my best mate who lives across the road i bubbled up with him during lockdown and we watched quite a few films disney plus it all the way through and he's a massive batman fan and i was like do you want to go to the pictures like i just i can't go home tonight and so we went and seen the batman and that was the first time i'd been in the cinema for seven years wow yeah so the last thing i'd saw that saw before that was the last ever hunger games which Mm. is another one of my favorite films cool yeah um I was going to say, do you have any other good experiences being there? Because sometimes it's like whatever happens in that actual cinema hall can either make or break your enjoyment of the film. You know, no, not really. Like, I'm not one of those people that's had like sex in a cinema. Like, <laughs> I don't think that's what you were asking. <laughs> I um, meant by you. No, like, genuine. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just uh, for me because I'm not a movie buff. It's just going to the cinema. No, I, like, get I know you. that's like sacrilege and shit, but like, yeah, I also used to be a heavy smoker. Didn't like going to the cinema because I couldn't smoke in the cinema. Ah. Like now I'm, I'm a heavy vapist. All right. Um, nice. Um, it's, I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> I'm not cutting up, but I hate my life. <laughs> um, but like, you just can't do things that I like to do. Like if I'm, if I'm relaxing or anything, like I want to like smoke or I, that makes it sound like I'm doing drugs. Like, I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. I like to just do things that relax me while I'm like watching, if I am watching a film and you can't do that at the cinema. And I've got plenty of dodgy websites and a dodgy fire stick. Like I'll, I'll Maybe openly he, admit to watch it. everything there. Well, listen, I use the fire stick to watch raise your voice, which was Ingram's so voice sorry. Film. Um, no, listen, you, you don't need to be sorry. No, because... I, I should. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the podcast is for you know ultimately you know it's as i say yeah. so promotion is making connections and stuff but at the end of the day it's making me watch films that maybe i would never seen before you know um, and we'll not never only, watch again not only had i never seen raise your voice before i'd actually never heard of it before which is which is rare for me such a good film it was in my tinder bio for the longest time that you had to like this film to match with me <laughs> really? yeah so why uh did you pick this film and when did you first see it Right, I'm going to preface this by saying, is it the best film in the world? No. Is it flawed? Yes. Is some of the acting shit? Yes. Is it, like, one of the best things I've ever seen? Yes. <laughs> um. So, I, I I can't say this, I can't go into too much detail about this because I don't want to get anybody arrested. I have a member of my family that makes, boot, well, used to make bootleg DVDs. Oh, and right. we used to get sent like a massive parcel of like all of the latest films. This film came out in 2004 and right. this must have been about the time that I seen it. So I was six, which, yeah, my parents really didn't monitor what I watched on the television. Um, and I, I don't know. I'm not a music person. Like I'm not a film person. I don't listen to music. I if I'm cleaning, I put a podcast on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a film that I don't know. It's just always like what nearly twenty years old now. 
I I had massively romantic ideas about going to drama school and like meeting the love of my life and then nobody was the same age as me and all of that and this right. happens in this film it's a great film don't get me wrong Hillary Duff gets overdubbed with her singing like I'm aware of the flaws I'm fully and it makes it more iconic for me what did you think of it well, listen I'm definitely not one of these people that's like you picked raise your voice <laughs> You know what I mean? I'm not one of those guys. If if you're speaking to Gregor Duncan, then oh, maybe he would have got this. that. He would know? like I think if he would have known that like if we'd have done this before I got accepted to N Clan, I wouldn't have got accepted. <laughs> would have been like, yeah. no. Well, I'm not I mean, you're right, I'm probably not gonna watch this anytime soon again. <laughs> all right. However, I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed watching it. I'm I'm quite happy that, you know, it's something totally different. Um, but I also am someone that grew up on Disney films and yeah. like D- Disney Channel films, yeah. like H- High School Musical and Camp Rock. Top like tier music, top tier films. These are these are like some of my films of when mm. I was younger and that I grew up with and watched all the time. Like High School Musical, I always say is one of the reasons why I'm an actor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, two very so, different people. I'm sorry, <laughs> like Shameless and Two Pints are the reasons why I'm. I... <laughs> There's a lot of reasons. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like for example, like influence in my life is you know things in yeah. you know high school musical and camp rock and stuff like that. I'm not a, I'm not a singer or anything like that. I oh, can't dance. Um, ask Iona about my singing. But <laughs> I won't. But like she's you can... seen, no, she's seen me cry over singing several oh, really? times. Okay. Yeah, it's fun. Um, so yeah, so I, I can relate to films like this and films that came out yeah. around this time. I think it's a perfect Y two K movie. About it. it is absolutely a good Y two K movie. Yeah, um, and it it is it is stuck in that time. It's not. It's not like it doesn't still relate today. Like the fashions are iconic. Like <laughs> it's the same in any film. It's the same yeah. in any film. It it's it doesn't like it's not timeless. That's what I want to say. But there's some fucking good actors in it. Like absolutely, um, John Corbett, Rebecca uh, Rebecca De, De Mornay. I do know her name. Um, yeah. David Keith. Like so many. And what's the other one? Rita Wilson. And then, Rita Wilson. Yes, she's James Avery from yes. Fresh Prince of Bel Air. That was a big one for me. And L- Lauren Mayhew who a mm-hmm. uh, friend of the drama school dropout pod. She was fun. <laughs> I, I, I nearly cried when I spoke to her. Um, but yeah, no, listen, it's it's not it's not a great film. Like, I'm aware of it. it it's really not. And it's that is portrayed in reviews and in... But I think it's fucking great. Yeah. And I think it should be a West End musical. And that's fine. Because it's like comfort films, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, your favourites are your favourites. They don't have to be the greatest films of all time. Um, I took a couple of notes... And maybe you can tell me some things you liked about it as well. But right. um, the, first, the first note I wrote was that the dad has the shortest fuse of any parent yeah. ever. Like one moment he comes in and it's like, that's it, you're grounded. And that's yeah. it. I just thought that was hilarious. But I do want to rewind slightly when we're talking about the film. The opening to this film makes me so happy when they're singing Joy to the World. Like, yes, yes. it just fills me with joy. Like, but yeah, the dad is a bit of a dick and he, he really does like set off but i do i kind of relate to it because we find out more in the story that Mm. he basically was stopped from raising his voice um do you like that Um, that was very good (laughs) right on the nose so he couldn't go off to college and do like a football scholarship or whatever it was and it's that small town mindset of like i grew up in a small town like i grew up in a little village just outside of sunderland and nobody ever leaves like everyone that i know from there is still there and um, people do get kind of jealous when you do move away and when you do things that maybe people didn't expect you to do. I'm not saying that, that I've done anything to that to like that level, but people do get jealous, and um, so I kind of relate to it that yeah, some people do, and I don't know, he's a fantastic actor. Yeah, yeah, I thought his performance was really good because I was starting to really dislike him. You mm. know what I mean? And that's exactly what what he's there for. Um, which I thought was really good. And three days grace. Yes, my fucking God. great. Um, did not expect that. that. I felt as if Three Days Grace is like one of my like obscure American bands from the early yeah, 90s. But nobody knows about like, Yeah, well, nobody knows about them now, but clearly back then they must have been big enough to be like presented in this way, right? Yeah. Yeah, because there's like a really weird um I'm I'm not a music person, I have to say. Like oh, yeah. I I only my only reference to Three Days Grace three uh Three Days Grace is this film. Yeah. But there is a really weird point through disgrace in this film so for anybody that hasn't watched the um for anybody that hasn't watched the film basically the older brother gets grounded on his graduation and hillary duff who plays terry she um buys them tickets for three days grace to go to see the concert and the song's playing and she's like oh my god i get to touch his hand right we've all been there like we've all been there 
I don't care who who you are. Um, but on the way back, while they're driving, the um the song's still playing, and they get hit by the car. Right, and it's a momentary like silence, and then it blackouts, and then the song keeps playing. <laughs> I think it's great. It's like we've paid the royalties for this song. <laughs> so we are using it all. It doesn't matter that Jason Ritter has just died. Like, yeah. Like we're using it. And I think it's 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 great. I love it. But that's like Three Days Grace, like my only reference to them is yeah, this. Fair enough. They weren't a big band, you know, definitely not in the UK, but in, in America they must have been. Um, must there have been. is there is one really good bit of filmmaking, at least one, I'm not going to say only one, but one really good <laughs> making filmmaking in this, in this film. And obviously, the shocking moment where the brother dies, yeah. did not expect that, right? I was like, Well, that car crash is impossible. It's been proven. He turns left on the road, and it's like actually impossible that that could happen. Like, let me Google oh. it. I was reading it the other night, but oh, really? science, raise your voice car crash it's been scientifically proven <laughs> that that could not have happened is it there but is it, it there? did then grum it did in the movie so yeah. it must have happened it's i can't find it but it's the way that the way that he turned in the road it's scientifically like basically there would have had to have been two roads going side by side oh okay exactly the same when there wouldn't have been because there's already one there yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I also it's just the longest time before a car crash when you've realised yeah. you're going to crash your car now because he looks obviously at Terry mm. and it's like, oh, I'm going to die to the um, sound of Three Days Grace. <laughs> three Days Grace. Now you can't listen to them anymore. No, um, but then, so obviously she sees the headlights mm. of the truck that crashes into the car, right? And then the moment she goes on on the open mic night to sing, she gets stage fright because she sees the light, and it happens in the doctor's office. That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I forgot about that bit as well. Um, yeah, and so then she overcomes take note of those. Take note of those headlights because it will happen again yeah. and again and again. Yeah. But no, I, I do. I think it's a great film. Um, Probably going to watch it again. James, <laughs> absolutely. James Avery, um, it was a big part of my childhood growing up watching The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. It's sadly no longer with us as James Avery, but he, I'd never seen him in anything else. Never mm. seen him as, he's Uncle Phil in The Fresh Prince and never seen him in anything else so it was a really nice surprise to see him and I was like it's almost like he's a big name actor and there's a couple of big name actors in this as well but he's done you know very minimal stuff in this film so maybe it was just yeah. like we've only got him for a couple of days or it's in his contract or something or else you would think he would have been used more being I don't know I've never thought about that never never like yeah probably that's that's exactly what happened like I would imagine that yeah he was a big name and they wanted just like a cameo appearance probably like yeah. we're doing, we've got this hall because the two scenes that he's in, I think, are both in the same hall. Mm-hmm. Like, That's let's right, do, actually. Yeah, let's do the opening and the closing of the film on day one, and you can be like, get it in, get it, get it in, get it washed. That's absolutely sort of thing. probably just. The, <laughs> I don't know the why the day. fuck I said that. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be the kind of theme of the episode, um, and then also the origins of a self tape, sending a DVD yes. to somebody. Here's my best bet is on this seven-minute DVD. Yeah, that is mad, isn't it? I never thought about that, actually, that that was the origins of... Do you think people act... I mean, well, no, because self-tapes are only a recent thing, aren't they? Well, yeah, but still, you know, to, to get your foot in the door, to get noticed by a company, that is something you would do. You would send yeah, a VHS true. tape or, or a DVD, or, or you'd send VHS a CD to get, to get signed for, a, a, like, a, a to be a songwriter or whatever. You know, you'd send CDs away mm, the, same, yeah. the same way. Obviously... We're obviously very blessed now. I much prefer in-person auditions, Same. but we're, we're blessed. Self-tapes. The fact we can do self-tapes, we're quite lucky yeah, for, you know, to, to get seen for things, you know, that we wouldn't have got seen before. Um, but if you wanted to be seen for something in America or down south, if you lived up here yeah, or something true. like that, you had, you had to send stuff, you know what I mean? I've never done it personally, but I guess I was too young and missed that time, but that's something I would have done. Yeah, I've done self-tapes, but I've never like, had to burn right, a DVD. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like yeah. my, I don't think I own. Like I've got loads of DVDs, but don't have a DVD player and don't have any piece of kit right now that has like a disc drive on it. So there you go. Do they don't even put them in laptops anymore? Which no. I think is crazy. No, they don't. But I, I kind of like it because it makes the laptops lighter. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. And also, I don't have any discs to put in it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? But you still jacket. get like random. I bought a new printer last year, and all of the software came on a disc. See, and then the whole thing is just on one disc. I don't have a, I don't have a disc drive to like put this. It was, it was. I had to fucking phone apps and or whatever it was. Yeah, nightmare. Um, but yeah, um, no, 
the raise your voice. I, I think it's great. Like, what are the bits that I love? Like, let me think about it because yeah, I'm no very way. aware that I haven't wrote notes about this. I think I, I love all of the music. I love Hilary Duff. I'm such a slut for Hilary Duff. Um, like, I think that although in some of the scenes she is overdubbed and she does have two voices and can sing in two tones, like nobody else in the world can. Yeah. Um, like, there's parts of it like the the end songs are great. Like, I love them. They're still on my my Spotify playlist Absolutely. whenever I do listen to music. Like, and I I do think it's just like a, a Y2K version. I love what's his name. And I recently actually like I was very lucky. He doesn't act anymore, but I got to have a conversation with him over email. And I was been like, please come on the podcast. Um. Oliver James, that's his name. Oh, nice. And yes, he plays the British guy, um, Jay. Yeah, in, he He's a, um, what does he do now? He's like a, a therapist, I think, and was like, really? I, I'm not involved in that anymore, so I will, I'll like pass, but thank you for loving the film. And I was like, I love you. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he's cool as fuck. Um, like, I don't know. I just, I, I'm an LA boy at heart as well. Like I went, and you know when people say to you like, I just went somewhere and it just felt like my place. And you'd look at them and you'd go, you're talking absolute bullshit. And you are like mm. the biggest idiot I've ever met. That happened for me in LA. Like, really? like I fell in love with the place. I loved it, which is really weird because most actors fucking hate LA. Right. And I always get weird looks when I said, no, I want to move there. And yeah. like, that's on the plan. But I, I think like at such a young age, there might've been something there that sort of knew because it was a British boy in LA that had moved. I don't know. I just, felt that yeah. relatability absolutely and that's that's what makes it you know makes that connection for mm. you in that film you know which is which is absolutely fair i thought he did have a, a terrible depiction of a drunk person um at one point where he's like falling over the places stuff like that i mean rooms. have you seen me in vanity fair like we're all good <laughs> that's right that's nothing we should talk about is it? i, I am saw not you in person yes i am but i am not in a per- in a place to like sort of judge anybody's drunk acting because mine was not great <laughs> don't sell yourself surely that <laughs> um i was going to say that our song at the end is really good uh, i cry every time such a you know like high school musical vibes as i'm saying cam rock vibes i really like it yeah no what's it's it called what's the song called um is it jericho jericho really isn't chris jericho the wrestler yes so it is No, that's the that's the other one. That's the second one. The other one is called "Someone's Watching Over Me." Oh, of course, that, it is that's, because of his. That's the ballady one. Yeah, because of because of her uh, brother. She kind of fucked the film over as well, you know, because there was supposed to be a Raise Your Voice soundtrack, and she put mm. the two best songs on a, one of her albums. "Someone Is Watching Over Me" is our our fifth most streamed song on Spotify. Rightly so. Yeah. Rightly fucking so. That's a good one. Did you ever watch Lizzie McGuire? Um, like I said, I had Paul Votelli when I was a kid, so we didn't have access to Disney Channel. But like yeah. I, I've seen like the odd episode, like don't get me wrong, I can never I couldn't tell you like the storyline arc or anything. It was like the yeah. same. But there was always those like TV shows like Even Stevens. I watched that, yeah. but I could not fucking tell you what happened in it. Yeah. Like I've I've seen odd episodes of Lizzie McGuire, but I am yeah. just a slap for Hilary Duff. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, I think she's okay in this film, absolutely. It's not as if she does anything wrong. You know, There's I mean? a few moments. There's a few moments of like, oh. Yeah. She does a great crying scene, though. She's a good she cryer in this film. It's very American, though, isn't it? Like, she's just running, like, like she sees him kissing his ex, so she runs home and she rips yeah. out all the pages in his notebook and stuff, you yeah. know? Like, it's very American. And then that kind of, like, shows you what college and uni, like, looks like. Yeah. You know, from when you see it in movies, you go, when I go to drama school... A spoiler alert. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> not like that and i've been, never to been to two Bridge. i've been to two so i i've been to more drama schools than most people and um take my word for it it's not like that no i mean i loved uh, a show called zoe 101 back in the day as well and it's all about a boarding school yeah it's kind of like that as well you know seeing someone move away and you think if i was ever to do that i would live in a dorm with other people and it would be like this and it probably wouldn't be it's like tracy beaker made a, a generation of kids want to be put into care Right, yeah. <laughs> like, and then, there then you get there, and it's like that, I just want my mum. Yeah, it doesn't work like this. Um, but like, yeah, Tracy Beaker definitely made like a generation of kids think that. Oh yeah, we'll go to this house with a couple of adults, and we'll just have a shit ton of fun all of the time. Yeah, <laughs> not um, again. Not that I mean, I can't say spoiler alert this time, but I imagine it's not like that. Probably not like that. No. Um, this is, of course, the the Good Bit podcast. Can you tell me what you think the best bit 
of Raise Your Voice is? And or bit, your favorite bit? I, no, I'll tell you exactly what it is. When they go on like the the two the what's it called the double date, and they're like, "Where are you taking us, Terry?" And she's like, "You'll see." And they end up in where is it? I can't remember the name of the place now. They end up at that fountain, and Denise, played by Dana Davis, is playing the violin, and they all sing the song, and everybody's nice. like jamming out. And I love that bit. Other possibly the other best bit though is just like the end talent show. Yeah, well, it was good. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you feel robbed when she didn't win the prize? No, you knew she was never going to win it. It never happens. Like Camp Rock, Peggy won. Right. Mitch, she didn't win. Like, did. I don't know how you feel about this, but I'm thoroughly Team Sharpay and feel that she should have been <laughs> in the Winter Musicale because Troy and Gabriella right. are dicks. Like, let's just put it out there. I didn't know um, we were going to go through, what we were going to say there. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm thoroughly Team Sharpay. Like, she was robbed. Like, not going to lie. Um, but yeah, like you knew, you knew she was never going to win. That wasn't no. her journey. Her journey right. wasn't to get the scholarship. Like right from the offset, the first thing that Denise mentions is, like, I'm I'm here for that scholarship. Terry's was like finding a voice again after her brother myself. had died. Yeah. yeah, like that was. Yeah. So you can kind of look at it right from the beginning and go, she's not winning this scholarship. No, okay, fair enough. Um, and then the whole full circle mo- moment with her dad is quite nice too. I still fuck him though. He's not going to let her come back. <laughs> That's true. He's like, yeah. At the end, he doesn't say you're going to come here next year. He's like, we'll he see. Like you might do, yeah. And he's like, we've <laughs> got to like figure out a what your punishment is going to be for lying to me all summer, and b we're going to figure out how the fucks and like get you like he would chop her vocal cords off. He's got like that. What do they call it? He's jealous of his own child because yeah. she's living out like his dreams of his going dream. off. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like even though he didn't want to be a singer, she's like making it out of this Flagstaff, Arizona, as it's called. Yeah, um, I think it's a real place. It is, I believe. Yeah, yeah. there's yeah. a play about it. Yeah, yeah, it's he's living her dream, and it's he's he's a dick. Love the mom. She like stands up for him, but she could be a bit more like Simon. Shut the, the fuck up. Absolutely. Yeah, like she's doing this. I really don't feel like they needed to lie. They could have just been like, she's going. Yeah, that's that. Because um, now that I think about it, actually, there's a massive plot hole in the film. <laughs> if you just realised. Well, the only reason she wasn't allowed to go at the beginning, other than it being LA, was the fact that who was going to help him in the restaurant. Right. And then right. she still went. Who helped him? Who helped him? Maybe, maybe business dropped when she moved because she was the favourite. Yeah, she was away, and then business dropped. Yeah, I think we're thinking way too much into this. If I'm yeah, honest. A, for a, a shitty two thousands movie. Yeah, no, no. Listen, you stick to your guns. Listen, it's a no. Listen, film. I'm aware of all of its flaws. It's yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah. It's not a great film. It's not going to win any awards anytime soon. I but, just couldn't believe. Sorry, go on. But if you just want to like lay in bed all night with a like load right. of chocolate, a bottle of wine, like it's a good film. Yeah, absolutely. Very easy to watch too. Mm. Um. Like the moment where she right before she goes out to perform, she runs home to get to pick up the necklace, and her yeah. dad is in there packing her stuff. Yeah, I can't believe it. Do you know what I want to know? How does he get in that room? Are people not locking their doors? No, he's not. Or like, or has he been given? Because I imagine all of the staff are at this talent show, so it's not <laughs> like he could walk up and go, "I'm Terry Fletcher's dad. Give me her room keys." Yeah. Also, very lucky that he didn't start packing the other girls' shit. That's very lucky. Well, and, and I would be like, so jokes on you. You've that's packed Denise's all her shit. Yeah, but Denise, you're going home. Sorry, not getting the scholarship. I win. Denise, you're moving in with my dad. <laughs> yeah. Um, what a different film that would have been. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, when you last words on the film, then what what does this film mean to you? And uh, when's the next time you're going to watch it? Is it going to be tomorrow? Last words on the film is that I'm not like I don't want people to listen to this and be like, I'll watch this and be like. God, this boy is delusional. Like, this is not a good film. No. I'm aware of it. It's a feel-good film. It's never mm. going to win awards. I love it. I think that there, there are some really... Kat Dennings, who's what? Two Broke Girls. She's in it. Right. Um, Hilary Duff, obviously. Um, what's his name again? He died. Johnny Lewis, I think he's called. Johnny Lewis uh, yes. plays Kiwi. Yeah. Yes. He's also he's... in Drake and Josh. Yes. He... So he passed away in 2012, I believe. But the, oh. the young... The young cast in this, Lauren Mayhew, has been like an announcer for WWE. She's done loads of shit. She's in Trolls. Like the young cast that are in this. Hold up. Hold up. Lauren Mayhew? Yes, she was an announcer for WWE. I remember we spoke about it on the podcast. 
WWE is like my favourite thing. Oh, for ECW, really? Was she? That's interesting. What was her ring name? I, I didn't know this. Uh, didn't have one. It might be Lolo Mayhew because that's Something what like she that. goes by. It's just that's herself. All right, she was only in for one year. All right, okay. I thought maybe it was like a ring name thing. Sorry, carry on. I'm just like, whoa, you mentioned wrestling on the podcast. <laughs> it, it just has a really good, talented young cast. And I don't know, it's a feel good film and I love it. And I, I really do think, and I'm, I don't know if I should say this because I'm kind of writing it. I really do think it would translate well into musical. Nice. Nice. Maybe one day. Definitely one day. Yeah, I like that. I like the sound of that. Um, all right, what are you got coming up? Obviously, you've you've got this new show coming up as well in April. Is it April? Yeah, right? uh, February. This is where we get off. February, back, sorry, because it was last April. So yeah. coming up, drama school dropout every Tuesday, unless I decide to have a week off because I've done that a few times this year. Yeah, um, yeah, drama school dropout every Tuesday. We just released episode one hundred and one. Yeah, that's right with um Katie Griffiths from. Watley Road, forgot what she was in there. Um, the Ingram Noble show will be coming at some point this year, I think. I think it's just a case of I want to get some back back recorded and then I'll release. Um, this is where we get offs coming back. And if anybody's out there got some acting jobs, um, I am available for work. Yeah, where can they find you on social media? At Ingram Noble, all one word, across all platforms. Um, or you can follow me at High Podcasts, um, underscore, is it got underscore? I don't fucking know. At Ingram Noble is your best bet to catch me. Um, is it? High Podcasts, no underscore. Um, there you go. But yeah, like lots of exciting things coming up. This is where we get off. Hopefully we're going on tour. We're currently in the process of trying to figure out a Creative Scotland application and begging people for money. Right. So hopefully it'll come back. Well, it is coming back, but hopefully we'll get further afield with it because I do believe in it. We've refined the script a little bit and um, yeah, it's looking really good. So please come along and see it. Uh, 11th of Feb, 2023, which I still don't know how I feel about because I think it's too close to Valentine's Day, but Mm. we'll see what happens. Well, listen, closer to the time, feel free to come back on. We can talk about it some more. Um, well, Heather can it. come on and do it because I don't have any more films to talk about. <laughs> and I won't put you through um, I won't put you through the bridge of ice again. I know, but listen, we could, we could talk about the podcast for so long. So, you know, there's yes. always something to talk about. Yeah. Well, thank you, Ingram. It's been great having you on thank the podcast. Thank you so much finally. for having me. Um, and maybe I'll come and stop by Drama School Dropper very soon. I can imagine that will happen very soon. Probably quite soon. Thanks for listening, everybody. And thanks for watching the YouTube version. Take care of yourselves and we'll catch you all down the road.